0: The lord of murder shall perish, but in his doom he shall spawn a score of mortal progeny. Chaos will be sown from their passage. So, the wise London
1: Hi there, I'm Cameron. And I'm Danny. And welcome to Mages and Murder Dads episode 13. Lucky 13. Lucky number 13. So lucky that they often name the 12th floor 13 minus 1. Mm, in a hotel.
0: Yeah, no, it's a true true statement. That is a that's maybe the worst intro I have ever done. Yeah, let's just keep going there. Let's we're gonna, keep we're gonna keep going, going. to keep El, going. In El Salvador, they skip 13 because of the infamous street gang. MS-13? Yeah, and they also skip 18 because of the other infamous street gang. MS-18? No, Barrio 18. Oh, okay. But yeah, so it goes 12, 14, 15, 16, 17, 19. Wow, when on like street addresses. So here we are. Here we. Oh, I we're we're getting off to the good start here.
1: Mm -hmm. This is a podcast about Baldur's Gate.
0: If you hadn't guessed already. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, the the Baldur's Gate franchise. We are two episodes in into our second season, kind of informal seasons, and we're talking about Siege of Dragonspear. If you haven't listened to previous episodes, why don't you go back and do that? We reached the
0: point where you just can't. You just can't start here. Every I mean, episode is a onboarding than, episode. Yeah, we're we're uh, yeah, we're doing our best here. But man, it's good, just going to be so confusing if you try to do that.
1: It will be. So you should just go listen to those like uh, twelve hours of content <laughs> before before this one. Um, yeah, what a great what a great time! We've done a, a really good job, a really good job, a really good dob. Mm-hmm. Dobbs Home. too. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't watched the show before, what you are seeing on the screen might not be related to what we're talking about. It is more of a helpful reminder of the beauty of Baldur's Gate. Sometimes it is related. Um, our wonderful theme song is created by Brian Taylor. He created this season's theme song. And uh, the beautiful renditions of our characters, Balthazar and Ticklevar, were created by Silverskin on Twitter. You can, you can see a, a link to her thing in the description below
0: yeah yeah
1: uh you should like us on facebook you should hit like and subscribe here on youtube that helps us out if you even remotely like this content and if you have loved this amazing intro so far and you can also support us on patreon and give it, you can buy us a cup of coffee a month
0: yeah and if you're thi- if you're on the fence about subscribing i want i want to ask you a question. A, you've already listened to like at least a minute of this. Would you do that for like all the other nonsense on the homepage of YouTube? Because that's where the, where this is going to end up. If you hit subscribe, we'll come to the homepage of YouTube. This is probably better than most of that stuff. I mean, let's face it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, content creators. Uh, yeah.
1: Number one, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm-hmm. We're just as good. Number two, PewDiePie. Mm-hmm. We're double as good because we're two people. Yep. Number three, that, that guy who crushes stuff with a hydraulic
0: press. Yeah. We're he's not... going to run out of stuff eventually. There's he's only gonna, so that's, much that's stuff. the
1: only way we win, though, is when he <laughs> runs out of stuff. Yeah. Like, we have to hope he runs out of things to destroy with it. a press before we run out of Baldur's Gate games.
0: Well, I know, but that's this is the problem, right? He's the Ouroboros. Eventually, he, if he's about to run out, he could just, like, take all of our podcasts, put them on a flash drive, and then crush that.
1: Mm, he could also crush the press itself. Yeah. So, Danny, Mm -hmm. if Baldur's Gate was not a computer RPG, you know, in this kind of isomorphic tradition, Mm -hmm. a a WRPG, if you will, Western RPG, Mm -hmm. then what genre would it be? Specifically, like, what video game genre, Mm -hmm. I guess. What, What kind of video game would it be? If you could fit Baldur's Gate into the aesthetic and mechanical trappings of another video game genre what what genre would that be
0: well I think based on our experience in Baldur's Gate 1 a very compelling pitch would be almost a Civ-like strategy game where you take the role of the Iron Throne and your job is to coordinate various mercenary bands various economic trends um Gaining the favor of certain diplomatic houses, and really, like the game is about setting into effect like the Rube Goldberg mechanisms to uh, to you know start war with Om and and get your stock prices up. I think that's a very compelling game that I just described.
1: So it'd be a little a little bit like, or you're kind of describing a little Civ, but also a little bit Crusader Kings, like a yeah. little bit of that, and mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of King of Dragon Pass. Ooh, I haven't played that one. Oh, you know what? We might need to play that and make some videos one day. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure strategy resource management game. It's uh, a little bit of everything. If uh, listeners have not checked that out, it's on GOG, GOG, and it's on a couple other services too. But So yeah.
0: is uh. do you think what I just described, is that closer to Crusader Kings or is it closer to Solaris? Or Solaris. Uh, Solaris, yeah. basically the same game. Okay. Made by the same studio. Mm-hmm. It's Crusaders Kings certainly closer to the Baldur's Gate aesthetic, given mm. that it's aliens aren't really well Gith are around, not in the game, but in the universe. Yeah, the Githyanki, and the other, and the Gith other kind,
1: Githrazi. There you go, Githrazi. By the way, uh, this is in no way like a real advertisement, but I have been looking at Volo's guide, uh, uh, uh for Monstros. Mm-hmm the the new d d thing and that that thing's super cool. The gith are in there. There's like a whole thing on illithids and the gith and all that. Very cool.
0: Very cool. Yeah. A, I think you cool were thing. you were did you pitch this last episode? I might have. I I've literally been reading it like a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. So I'm, certainly I'm a big more old en- D&D nerd. More engaging than Shadowdale.
1: Hey. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, I I think I, I agree. I think that that's a, a great way of doing it. I think a very obvious answer is gauntlet-style action game. Mm-hmm. Because there is one. There's Baldur's
0: Gate Dark Alliance. Fun game. Which we have played. We have played Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance a whole lot. Yeah. Like, but, when it was appropriate to play, not necessarily nostalgically. Yeah. Because it's fun. It's, a, it's just a fun little time. Um what I about think, like uh do you think a first person kind of fallout or uh mm-mm. skyrim no
1: mm-mm. none of that i think it should be a bullet hell
0: game a bullet hell game mhm
1: there's wizards and they show up in their magic missiles uh melts minute meteors people with haste people with slow people with sleep people with blind wizard war mhm uh so yeah forgotten realms baldurs gate uh affiliated bullet hell game that's my vote
0: and so instead of uh so all the plot expositions just in between levels Mm -hmm. like there's a so you know there's like getting to candle keep oh here's here's that guy with the elven arse and then you get to the end and you open a chest and it's like oh you're the son of ball and then uh oh on on to the next one Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and literally
1: at the end, Cerevox shows up and he says, I am on the verge of becoming a god. <laughs> and he goes through eight stages. hmm And then the game is over. Hey. And you have to use like a bunch of continues to get there.
0: I like the pitch. You're a game maker. Make it.
1: All right. Well, everybody, uh, I, I need a little bit of, I need like half a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. And, and permission. Uh, uh, mm, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel like if you come with the money. Yeah. The permission is the easy thing. Yeah, but yeah, that's why that's why I would do. All right. Well, if anyone wants to make this uh, Iron Throne simulation game or uh, or my Bullet Hell game, reach out. Mm-hmm. We're available.
0: Yeah, and for enough money, we'll certainly give you permission to act on your desires. Mm-hmm.
1: So we played Siege of Dragon Spear, and and we 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 kind of started it last episode. Did the the opening gambit of a dungeon. Yeah. And now we're hanging out in Baldur's Gate.
0: Yeah. We're back to the city of back our in, youth. Back in the old Ducal Palace. Lots of good memories there. Back in the USSR. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember all the all the good time memories you had of that fight in the foyer with those doppelgangers?
1: I do. Uh, you know what? Let's reminisce for a
0: moment. All right, I'm done. Okay, I'm, remin- I'm done reminiscing. Mm-hmm. Are, are you going to make it cut to that footage, or is it just going to be a black screen? You know yeah. what? They'll find out. <laughs> okay, they will have already. They know sooner than I do. Oh! So what are we doing at the
1: the ducal palace?
0: And we're waking up from a from the nightmare that was all the other episodes. You were you were the prince all along. So there's
1: an interesting thing that happens here, where there's a time jump. mm Hmm. Like, this is is this weeks after the last episode?
0: It's a certain amount of time. I think that if we paid more attention to the... Uh, it, it, we'd probably have a better idea if I, like, read the text of the uh, of the beginning chapter, right? Cause of the exposition. Sets you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but no, it is not like you get back from Coralize's tomb, Aunt family tomb, and they're like, okay, we're starting right now. No, there is a certain amount of time that passes.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And so you wake up, and your adopted
1: sibling, Amwyn, is there? Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Hey, uh, what What you up to, buddy?"
0: Yeah. More or less, the first thing she says is, "Hey, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on." She's she kind of alerts us to how weird um, the geopolitical situation is here in Baldur's Gate. She like makes some references to some instability into the Crusade, right?
1: Yeah, there's a it's a it's a really interesting thing when a game like this, which is you know isometric, you're very far away from the action, right? It's kind of like watching watching game board pieces move around. When when that kind of game tries to make its violence and its political scenario mm-hmm. like like super present and important and fast, you know what I mean? Like when it tries to become a political thriller mm-hmm. without any of like the maneuvers that, say, a novel has to, like, end a chapter on a, on a cliffhanger. Oh, we don't know if Tom Clancy's hero is going to make it. We don't know if Ian Malcolm's dead, right? That well, kind of thing.
0: don't you think a lot of this is just lent to the fact that the camera is so far out, it's so hard to mm-hmm. actually relate to these these beings? Yeah, I do. And, and so that's the weird thing, right? It's like
1: when it's like trying to have a lot of empathy and a lot of, like, speed-based concern. Mm-hmm. Right. So like as if this was an episode of 24, but for like little mice running around. Mm. And so it's weird that like this scene where Emma wakes us up and oh, no, the Ducal Palace is maybe under attack. There's weird stuff happening. That's supposed to be like really present and like, oh, shit. Ah." There's a sense of
0: urgency we're supposed to feel. Yeah, but there's like no urgency whatsoever Mm -hmm. for me, at least. Yeah, it was more or less that. I was kind of really hankering to, like, stroll about the town and and see some side quests, to be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, so you wake up, you walk out, and
0: Imowen gets slayed by assassins. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, immediately. Yeah, it's a real traumatic event. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you feel about that? I was pissed off. I was angry. <laughs> I didn't, you know, look. I am not the biggest Imogen fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm speaking as like Balthazar right now, mm-hmm. but Imogen, look, I don't want to be her bestest best friend, but these, you know, I've, I've I've got my little room here, um, and these people did not have permission to be there. I never granted that, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, man. It's just really frustrating to finally to finally like envision. A future where I don't have to deal with people and to have more people come into my world.
1: And and theoretically, you've had weeks of not dealing with people.
0: Yeah, and it was it was finally getting good.
1: It's <laughs> Finally making your way through the the third season of The
0: Wire. Yeah,
1: you're like getting to the meat of it. You, you're starting to see how all the pieces fit.
0: Yeah, and we're finally past that doc union bullshit. And I'm like, okay, let's let's and we're, and we're getting to we're getting to some really interesting stuff. And and this happens.
1: Ugh, it's pretty messed up so yeah so emoin just gets laid out brutally mm-hmm. um poisoned poisoned and then this like person corwin shows up it's like warrior woman mm-hmm i, I guess she's part of the flaming fist yeah that's kind of my read mm mm-hmm. and she so shows up
0: and she's like oh we
1: gotta kill these assassins they're assassins they're after you
0: yeah. player player name mm-hmm. which you can you can read a note on the ground that is a crude depiction of the protagonist that's what the, that's more or less what the uh, what the note says i mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i'm going to put up a visual representation of that
1: yeah right here okay and uh, so so yeah so basically this is all just a way of being like hey this kalar regent person argent mhm kalar argent
0: God, that's a fantasy name. Belt. I, I long for the <laughs> days of Belt. You long for the days of Belt. Yeah. I, I Or I, even I don't know. Duke Elton John. Yeah,
1: Duke Elton John. The most French man <laughs> in human history. His
0: audio stuff is just like like a stereotype of a Frenchman from the like. It's 70s. so French, the audio crackles. Like, almost like, you know how if you yell into a mic, it's just the mic can't take it? It's not volume that's causing it to crack. It's just Frenchness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, yeah, so M-O-N gets knocked
1: out. Uh, there's Mystic Poison, mm-hmm. which gets like actually stated. There is Mystic Poison on the Assassin's Blades.
0: Some real Lord of the Rings stuff going it,
1: on. It really is. It's some like very uh, non-compelling uh, world building. Mm-hmm. Like this is a world where it's like the Forgotten Realms is a very robust place of lore. Mm-hmm. They're like 500 and something different pieces of fiction there's games there's source books there's all kinds of stuff and for this game to be so fine-grained in it's like world building and to be just like it's shut up it's mystic poison okay yeah (laughs) just just get out of here
0: get going to the point where you could legitimately have a have a 20-minute conversation on a podcast about your favorite um like spirit wine or ale Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the in the Forgotten Realms. I and mean, You at least make something up. It's Omnian. It's uh it's it oh my god, this is from Luskin. This is obviously Luskin Luskin gut rot. <laughs> this is what, what was on that dagger. But nope. But no. Yeah, so what's well.
1: going on in the wider world? Corwin says we need to get ready. Okay. We've mm-hmm. got to go kill Argent.
0: Yeah. Well, she leads us to the Dukes and the Dukes are like, we need to we need to take care of this because the, the larger context of this is there is a straight up refugee crisis in Baldur's Gate. Yeah. All of these people from the north have like flooded into Baldur's Gate as a refuge if you take a step outside the Ducal Palace, there's a gargantuan crowd, and it is pretty cool what they've been able to do with like the animations and with the engines because they've got like the guards swinging their swords, and it kind of gives this idea of like they're just barely keeping this crowd of of you know desperate people at bay. Um, that's kind of the larger context of what's happening in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, there is a bit of a remove, like it is a bit jarring because you're supposed to feel claustrophobic and surrounded and maybe that's a little harder to do at, with a bird's eye view but there is there are certain points where you're trying to leave the ducal palace and you're actually having difficulty like trying to find a path out because of all of these people
1: yeah and they're just kind of milling around and doing stuff mm-hmm. yeah there's something interesting about like show don't tell here mm-hmm. in the sense of the game has to rely on both of those things like it can show you all of the characters but in the event that you don't get stuck, right, and it's easy to run, just kind of run through the thing, you've got Corwin walking around and saying things like, "Oh, there's a get out of my way! The the chosen one, the Baldur's Gate, is with me." Mm-hmm. So it's a,
0: it's an interesting kind of give and take there. Yeah. So yeah, it's just some it's some interesting stuff. So we're, we're, the stage is set. We've already like in the first few minutes of the chapter. We've been attacked by people. It is clear the source of the where the attack came from. So we've, we've and they've they've like struck at a beloved character, or at least an in, intended to be beloved character. Mm-hmm. So like you've already got all all the character motivation you need. And the the you know the, the archdukes are basically said, hey, you you may need to take care of some stuff before you go out on the road. Um, do they even give us a choice of whether we go on the road? I mean, I said I would do it. I'm pretty sure, in a dialogue option. I, I'm assuming you could be like, no, but I didn't. Yeah, I, so we have no clue what happens. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't think the game happens.
1: With, yeah, it, it co- cuts to credits. It says, thank you for playing. You've solved all mm-hmm. all war and all crises. Uh, we should look to you for all of our political engagements in the future. Yeah, love, if, love <laughs> beam Beamdog.
0: It's, uh, it's kind of like the beginning of Until Dawn. Sometimes the best thing to do is nothing at all. It's
1: true. Hmm.
0: oh boy yeah so
1: so now it's really the opportunity to, to do two things Hmm. number one getting the gang back together sure number two a bunch of side quests yeah. that are unrelated to that and that's kind of what we do for the or at least that's all that i did for the rest of this play session i kind of wandered around and it gives you kind of a a truncated map of baldur's gate there's maybe five areas that you can go to yeah yeah and they're slightly different uh, in their angles, so it's like locations that we've already been to in the other game or in the previous game, but mm-hmm. they're like rendered slightly differently. They're they're redrawn completely, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so we can go to like the Three Kegs Tavern, mm-hmm. the Elf Song Tavern, the Iron Throne, and the Flaming Fist Headquarters. Yeah, and each of those places has some people we can talk to and some quests to do. And ostensibly people we can recruit, but not necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so who did you... Did you talk to anybody? Did you, you didn't even try to recruit anybody.
0: I did not try to recruit anybody. I think I talked to most people, but there's always dialogue options that are like either non-committal. There are some dialogue options that are like very explicit. Join me. I need your help. Mm-hmm. And there are others like, well, you seem ain't nice seeing you. Well, I hope you have a fun um fun time here in refugee central and those i I just went with those i went with the latter every time Mm -hmm. um but i think my favorite location had to be the elf song tavern um it just seemed like it had the densest kind of stuff going on in it well well, tell me about that was it what does that look like um so like like hunselman was saying it's a truncated map it's kind of like let's just cut all of the fat out of this map and we'll make all <laughs> and like every everything that is included is just going to have guaranteed content which mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily the case in Baldur's gate one right there's a go, lot of like nothing yeah you would go into a house and you're like maybe this is like going to be a cool side quest maybe it's just going to be somebody who asks me to please leave and there's nothing going on in here mm-hmm. which i think we're going to talk about that kind of distinction towards the end in terms of gameplay but um i stumbled upon uh upon a group of nobles that were very obviously planning a coup yeah
1: i did too i also stumbled there they were actually i don't think this was in the elf song i think this is in the other one was that in the kegs yeah okay
0: i can't remember but anyway yes how'd you how'd you handle that
1: i said hey there i i tend to like belt Mm-hmm. And Duke Elton, and the the and then the the other Grand Duke who died in my initial game. I guess I just res her back to life. Yeah, she has a. a I had her name written down. Mm-hmm. It's much longer, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, I was like, I like them. They're like, w- will you let me go? And I was like, no, this ends here. And they are straight up civilians. Like they don't fight. You back. fought them? Oh heck yeah, I fought them. Wow, pure justice hmm I'm the protector of Baldur's Gate. Ticklevar, I so so Balthazar, right, has always had like a strong independent spirit. Sure. I think that's been like a, a, a prime motivator for you as we play this game. Mm-hmm. I think that Ticklevar has a strong, like, uh community spirit. And maybe that's going to
0: his head a little bit. Uh I mean you can interpret that from Ticklevar, and this might be me projecting onto Ticklevar, but mm-hmm. I just see Someone in dire need of the protection of the state. Given how long it took you to do some of these fights, and so uh, oh, you yeah. are supporting the state as much as possible. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, <laughs> like
1: he, like Ticklevar believes in like the the collective mind and how good it can be, mm-hmm. but doesn't really recognize that he is like, uh, has become is like becoming a transcendent god being. Right, mm-hmm. and so the uh, the the measure of personal power versus community power is different than it once was. But Ticklevar doesn't really realize that. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. I think that's how how I'm playing Ticklevar currently. So yeah, no, uh, we fought. Ticklevar summoned mils minute meteors and then just threw them at people. Mm-hmm. Well, anything interesting? Do they have like notes on them or anything? They had a note. One was like, "Let's hang out." Yeah, it was like the conspiracy note. Mm-hmm. And they had a
0: bunch of gold, like like 250 gold total. Interesting. So what did Balthazar do? Yeah, it, so I wasn't as confrontational as that int- uh, interest, but I mean, you got to look at motivations, right? Like Balthazar doesn't have nearly as much loyalty to like the bureaucracy of Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I kind of like was pretty ambivalent, but I could didn't have much like ambivalent, messages like or like responses i could give right there was there were a lot of like very very strong uh responses and in in terms of like well go turn yourself in right now downstairs Mm -hmm. and uh and all otherwise like well no i totally support you i'm in on it which would have been interesting but like that's about politics is not balthazar's bag either way um so i just like picked what i thought was a neutral one and it ended up where they just, like, gave me a bunch of gold and left.
1: You think they're going to kill Duke Belt?
0: Well, they gave me a bunch of gold, and they gave me a pair of magic boots that increased my charisma.
1: Oh, I got that, too. They give you a, a charisma plus one? Yeah. And yeah, maybe I'd... more if you're a bard. Ooh. I need a bard. Mm-hmm. I think I want to try to find a bard in this game if there is one. Mm-hmm. I think I'm ready for that in my life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, that's um, interesting.
1: And then I recruited uh, Minsk and Dinah here, who were like in the next room.
0: I think Garrick is a bard, right? He is, but I could not recruit him. Oh, you, you weren't able, you weren't successful. I tried to, yeah, it didn't work out. He's just digging his his bard gig, his like mm-hmm. singing gig. You
1: want to talk about that a little bit?
0: I didn't really do much with that. I just talked to him, and he says, and he was like singing, and I was like, I'm not and I walked away. Is there stuff going on there?
1: Uh, yeah. He's like trying to impress the owner of the Elf Song Tavern because
0: I think he's in love with her. Oh, uh, he's crushing. Mm-hmm, he's crushing, bro. bro, He's he's all twisted up in the game,
1: mm-hmm. bro. Garrick is crushing so hard, bro.
0: Oh, but yeah. Um, I thought. Well, maybe I would want to go buy stuff or like identify stuff that I hadn't even identified from like the Iron Throne. Right? I haven't had the opportunity to identify anything. Because I can't do that by myself, mm-hmm. but I look at in my inventory. I got no money. Yeah, there is no money there. I also realized that because I had like thirty six thousand gold. I had an ungodly amount of gold. So what did um, you do with that? Well, there's a you get a, if you look in your quest journal. There's like, oh, the treasurer downstairs has all your money. Like, you know, we've gotten so rich that you don't have you don't have like cash on you. It's all like locked up and. You know, hamlet somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. like shipping, shipping, trading costers, that kind of stuff. So you can go down and like ask the, this this money manager. Hey, can can I just see it? Can I see it? Can I kind of look at a little bit? I just, I, I, I want to swim
1: in around it like I'm Scrooge McDuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, he like very like surprisingly openly admits that he lost it all on a dog race. That dude says that immediately like he (laughs) does not need to be pressured at all (laughs) this guy can't have this job (laughs) like it's just the first thing you learn in money management is the ability to lie like it's a prerequisite
1: (laughs) i like that you think that's the first thing you learn as opposed to don't gamble with the money you manage How is that not the first thing you learn?
0: Well, look, you have to do that. The successful ones, you gotta do that. You just gotta, when you lose, you gotta be able to lie about it. Yeah, I saw the big short, I know. Yeah, yeah. Get your politics
1: out of my (laughs) game.
0: Look, i Generally speaking, we don't talk about politics. This is gonna fucking date the podcast. We're all, we're all, like, in a weird place. No one expected a few years ago that Jill Stein would be president, but... Sometimes you just got to move forward. Yeah, we
1: joked quite a bit
0: earlier in this podcast <laughs> about the Grimdark Jill Stein future. And lo and behold, we're in who the Who knew Stein. you could win the Electoral College with like 1.4 million votes? I uh, well, you know what? You know who did? Jill Stein. Nate Silver. <laughs>
1: anyway, <laughs> so uh so yeah, so he runs out of money and then he's like, "All right, look, I can definitely get you this money." Definitely, I could definitely, bro. I, I've got this money. Like, I, I lost literally, I lost literally like a country's worth of wealth <laughs> on a dog race. This is like, I don't. This is ha- like
0: betting the entirety of Wall Street. On a dog race. it's And that's the thing. It's like, in order to even lose that amount of money, somebody else has to be on the other side of those bets. Who is so wealthy in Baldur's Gate that they bet on another dog? Like, who was wealthy enough to even collect that amount of money? Tymora. Dang, that would be such a good side quest, though. God, that would be a great whole game about Tymora just being, like, locked up in all these gambling scandals and, like... Because you know the Lady Luck is about fixing events right yeah yeah oh that's
1: uh well if you're into writing <laughs> about uh timora and her mm-hmm. gambling hit us up about that too but yeah so you, so he says i'm gonna get it for you you go outside he's out there he got beat up he yep. went and got your money and you got beat up straight up mugged straight up mugged and and i said look i'm gonna go take care of this Mm-hmm. Did, and and then i went and did it did you go take care of it
0: yeah i found the people responsible so talk about those those guys this i am not happy with this quest design it's interesting you go and i think this is in one of the taverns is this elf song mm-hmm. yeah because this I is the this fancier one, one and they're having they're treating themselves to like a very fancy dinner mm-hmm. it was it was like a point made about it so you go up and uh there's a group of people and i just saw that like two of them were named and a lot of them were named refugee and i talked about it and they're having a big raucous time and uh and you can say oh you're having a fun time and like the very next dialogue option you can mention oberlin or whatever his name was the money manager Mm -hmm. um be like hey do you know this guy and one of them says oh boy yeah we do and then he immediately gets shut up so like it immediately confirms these are the people in game responsible for this Mm -hmm. for the robbery um and you find out a the first one of the first things you find out they do not have your money anymore your money is like not is not accessible any longer. All of your money is gone. That's the first thing you find out. Yeah. Um, they, they themselves like claim full responsibility and find out that. Um, they may show like a mild regret for having to beat up the guy. And then the third thing you find out is they claim they distributed the vast sums of your money, like most of it two other refugees and they're like spending the last bit of it on the meal that they are eating at that moment. Yeah. So those are the facts you learn. And what are your options when you're presented with those facts? Oh,
1: I I would, uh, so, so one is like, well, I get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Two is like, you really shouldn't have done that. That's bad. But there's two sides to every story. So, okay, you should go turn yourselves in. And the third one's like, I'm going to murder you. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so that's it. And I I chose the second option. You made them turn themselves in. I was like, hey, you beat that that dude up and stole literally a kingdom's worth of wealth from him. Mm -hmm. So maybe you should turn yourselves in. And they were like, you know what? You're right. We're going to do the right thing. And they presumably went to turn themselves in to the flaming fist. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I don't I'm not happy with the design of this quest what did you want I don't I don't know what I wanted but the, that like set of options at the end and them being like you know what you're right justice is uh you know like we did a bad thing even though it was for the greater good and so therefore we're gonna turn ourselves in like I felt like it was all very kind of pat like it did not have it you remember a few episodes ago or maybe maybe more than a few episodes ago. Uh, We talked about that there is a definite uh, feel to the different types of quests in Baldur's Gate. Yeah. You remember some of them just feel like uh, we talked about like they feel generic or whatever like classic fantasy kind of stuff and there's the in-depth quests that are much more interesting. Mm -hmm. This feels like the former where it was just like all right we gotta have some kind of side quest here. This one kind of works. We need an excuse to strip all of the character or to, to strip the player of all of their money. Uh, because that's important for some reason, Mm -hmm. to kind of uh, design the item economy of this game. Like, I get why they did it. Sure. But, yeah, this just didn't feel like a very, I don't know.
0: Well, I think the the issue is the dissonance between most of the time those traditional, like, low-effort fantasy quests were not social. They were go collect five on keg butts. And you went and you did that. And, and, and it was done. And the most of the really cool, interesting quests were socially based, like the chicken quest, right? Like mm-hmm. turning that mage apprentice back into a, into a person. And that, that felt cool because it was social. This is social, and it was like the entire quest is just mostly dialogue options. And maybe a fight if you choose the last option of like, I know I'm going to murder you. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I think the the real issue is the believability of a bunch of people, desperate people, w- willing to turn themselves in to a fucking militia and rot in prison. Like, it's one thing to be a refugee. It is way better to not be a refugee in prison. Like, yeah. that is just not a politically realistic, like, sociologically realistic thing. If you are willing to, like, mug a man and beat him beat him up, you are not going to, when you're confronted with your problem, you're going to get, like, indignant and righteous, and you are not going to turn yourselves in. I'm just, yeah. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, maybe that was it, too, of being like, well, that was a just a,
1: a nice little bow yeah. to wrap this whole thing up with. So, yeah, like, I, I feel like this game is doing interesting stuff. Maybe this is my real problem. The game is doing such interesting stuff by talking about a refugee crisis, right? And, mm-hmm. like this broad social context for all this stuff that's happening and Kalar Argent with some people who really love her and some people that don't love her and some people who are afraid of her and like the game is like actively trying to show this kind of push and pull of violence in the in the north of the mm-hmm. Forgotten Realms and then it's like but the refugees are simple people who merely respond to, to like, whatever arbitrary choice you make, right? Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of interiority to those characters. When it seems like it'd be fairly easy to give them an illusion of interiority.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, that is an interesting point because if we're going to talk about the politics of this game, if this game, this game came out in the last year, this is the height of a global refugee crisis that we have not seen since World War II, that we're all yeah. living amongst. And treating it's one thing to like want to depict that and want to like get people like tuned into it right like hey refugees this is a this is a thing Mm -hmm. i think when you do that you need to portray people with a little bit more care in terms of (laughs) in in terms of like how they're realistically going to respond to like gross inequity and the opportunity to the opportunity to live in a in a new place that's very unwelcoming. Like we've already been shown that the Flaming Fist are like abusive to refugees mm-hmm. and are and are like practically beating them to keep them out of the, the ducal palace. You gotta keep and, it, it safe. And you're gonna tell me that refugees are just gonna turn themselves into those people?
1: Yeah, there's an interesting thing. Um, did you did you talk to the Flaming Fist people who were having the altercation outside of the Elson Tavern? I don't believe so. So you can talk to them. It's like there was like a guy on the ground, kind of in like the fetal position animation. Mm-hmm. And so I walked up and I was like, "What's going on?" And the refugees are like, "Hey, the Flaming Fist are like really giving us shit here." And the Flaming Fist are like, "We need reinforcements. Mm-hmm. Like we we cannot keep order this way." And so they're like, "Will you please go back to the Flaming Fist and get reinforcements for us?" And you can just say no. You can be like, "I'm not going to do that for you." Mm -hmm. and you can kind of like push back against the flaming fist but the quest just kind of ends there it doesn't it doesn't push any further Mm -hmm. um but i do i do think that's a that's an instance of being able to be like oh you know what in this like weird fantasy city right that Mm -hmm. doesn't have like it's not a modern nation state like what is the uh the claim to to like, uh, property and existence and against the state, and like, what does that mean? There's also the, uh, the refugee house. Did you do that side quest? No. So that was in the, uh, the Iron Throne, right? Uh, no. It was right outside of the Ducal Palace. Okay. No. Uh, so it's a similar kind of thing. There's this person who's like, I'm opening my home to all the refugees, and there's a refugee standing there, and he's like, this person lets you into their house and then takes everything you own and then lets you sleep there. And some people don't even get to sleep there. And it's this kind of thing. And so, and this is actually an interesting quest, I think. You can you can be like, hey, this is bad. I don't like it. And then uh, the person's like, well, you know, tough. Deal with it. The person who owns the house. This, like, refugee um, uh, hotel kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can either go to the Elfsong Tavern and get more supplies so that they can feed more people there and, like, make it a better location. Like, a, it's a safe house, basically, is what you're... Kind of, but where they're taking everyone's money uh, to support who's, it. Wait, who's taking whose money? The owner of the house. Mm-hmm. So he says, refugees come in. I need all of your possessions so that I can afford to feed and house you. And so so it's a, there's like a, almost a trafficking angle here. It, yeah, there's like the shakedown kind of kind yeah. of operation. So you can either go to the Elf Song Tavern and get them to to donate or give them some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't, I, so I didn't do that part, but that's what it what it says, like the the quest options. Or you can go to the Flaming Fist and you can report them for taking advantage of refugees. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and like the the quest gets rough. So, um, so
0: I think one thing we're we're picking up on here is there's a lot more outcomes that are not like in BG one, where it is just a black and white good evil type situation, right? Yeah, there's a lot more like morally uh, ambiguous, ambiguous stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Well, not even
1: just morally ambiguous, but it's just a bigger tree. Like mm-hmm. if we think of these decision trees as kind of. Branching up into more possible outcomes, it's just bigger. Yeah, right? and so there's more room in the middle between objectively evil and objectively good.
0: Well, speaking back to the the money side quest, Balthazar was in a real bind here mm-hmm. because there is like the vengeance angle of you took my money, mm-hmm. right? But he can't get the money back. Yeah, there's nothing. The money's do. gone. Like that's already been established. I just let him go dang I'm just like okay I'm just walking away from it I think Balthazar is like getting a little bit more stoic and being like look the things outside of my control I'm gonna let go maybe this is uh because of
1: his uh increased like lack of power in the world like he's not the murder
0: machine he once was just due to game balance and Mm -hmm. and such yeah, and, like, the overall level of everything increasing, and just, like, realizing I don't need to pick every single fight. It's also probably a lingering effect of the end of Baldur's Gate 1, where he was not collecting experience anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, he's only just, just getting experience again. He also slew a demon prince. Yeah. You probably <laughs> don't have a lot to prove after that. Two of them, a demon knight and an, an actual, like, greater demon. They were kind of just unrelated, but back-to-back somehow. So, so, but this uh, refugee
1: house quest, mm-hmm. so you can get more supplies or you can go report them to the Flaming Fist and I reported them to the Flaming Fist and there's this long conversation you have long for Baldur's Gate where the Flaming Fist guy is like, all right, so you're telling me that there's, they're, they're not hurting refugees. And you're like, no. And he's like, well, they don't, they don't really have any protections here. Nothing they're doing is illegal. So we can't do anything. But you can make up a story that they're murdering the people, that they're murdering refugees. Hmm. And that's what I did. You made up the story. I just wanted to see what happened. Yeah. And so like, I was like, you know what, though? I heard that this person who owns this house is murdering refugees. And I went back and then the flaming fish showed up and arrested them. Hmm. And then the refugees took over the house
0: well I, is is that a is that the good ending I guess like if the refugees take over the house is the house going to like do better to serve the refugees and not shake them down I don't know I don't know I, like I didn't feel good about that but I was very curious about what would happen
1: mmm so so that's why I did it i I you have to assume that getting supplies and making sure they get to refugees is the best ending yeah this seemed like the shortcut kind of way to do it but in order to do that, you had to lie
0: to representatives of the state,
1: and then get someone like put in prison.
0: Yeah, which mm. did not feel good. Um, there was a, yeah, there was there were people like being kept in the ducal palace, right? Like the the prison at the basement of the ducal palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corlaz was down there for me. Well, she's a corpse in her own family tomb, fittingly for me. Well, she, yeah, she,
1: like, bro- when I went downstairs, she broke out of prison, and I had to kill her.
0: Well, I feel like,
1: have, have you learned your lesson? Oh, I learned the lesson that Baldur's Gate wanted me to kill that one character for some reason. Mm-hmm. Probably you haven't learned, like, the back. greater lesson of, uh, you
0: should probably just kill very dangerous people. Smite thine enemies? Mm-hmm. Preemption. Well, no, it's just about, like, pragmatism, right? like this this person's just going to break out right? Like, it's the I'm, it's the batman it's, like his <laughs> the it's the like mistake he continues to make mhm
1: i well i will say I, I mean i don't i don't uh i'm not convinced
0: by that mm-hmm. but i
1: will say that baldurs gate is directly teaching us that lesson yeah i think that's inarguable mhm so
0: there was also a um I went around and there was somebody behind one of the doors and they're like, help me, help me. And I was like, who are you? And they said, I'm a member of the Flaming Fist and a fucking doppelganger. blocked me in here. Took my identity. Jeez. And you can go get a key and you can open it up and they, and they say, oh my gosh, thanks. I got to go report to my superior. And they're very evasive when you try to ask them anything. Mm-hmm. And they'll like disengage and start walking away. And then you can try to talk to them again. Um, how, how did you handle that? Did you see that person? I did. I just let them go. Yeah, if you talk to them three times, they turn into a doppelganger and attack you. So I, I mean, I guess my logic there
1: was, uh, I did just see a mage escape. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were locked in there. I just let them go. Oh, I will say Corlaz when she escaped her little prison in the in the basement area mm-hmm. of the Ducal Palace. She said, "I got tortured," and mm-hmm. and and I, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And she was like, "I cannot, you know, I knew it would be bad." But I had no idea it would be this bad, and so that's why she's broken out. So after the after the fight happened and everything, I went and looked in her cell, and there's a little like question mark with a question with a clicky thing where you can like get additional info. Mm-hmm. And yes, they were torturing her. Like, what what information did you get? What was the actual information? The, the, it says something like um, there was like a bloody and violent. Torturing, I didn't say the word torture, but altercation or something, and it has just now ended. Hmm, I, We can. I, it'll be in the video. So oh. did you get the Spectacles of Spectacularation? Are you talking about the green ones? What are they
0: called? Spectacles of Spectacle is literally what they're called. Spectacles of Spectacle? Yeah. Did you so get those? There so was, yeah, there was a burnout in a tavern. He, oh man, did
1: you actually pay attention to what this burnout dude says? Yeah, and he, he was fully voice acted. Yeah, uh, well, a lot of NPCs in this are fully voice acted. More I, than the other one, yeah. And I don't like that. Okay, why not? I feel bad because I don't like listening to them, because mm-hmm. I I read quickly enough that that I can like read much faster than they can read it to me. Mm-hmm. And I like reading it and kind of getting it along, right? Like I don't I don't really like waiting for that. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, it's I I feel very guilty clicking through like the effort that these people have made.
0: Yeah, it uh. Yeah, they seem very dangerous, and I did not use them. So he's like, yeah, whoa, bro. Whoa, there's a cactus here, bro. That kind of thing. I'll, he's I'll talking put... about things like attacking him, like reaching out at him.
1: Yeah, so 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 really interesting. You ask where he got them, and he's like kind of tripping out or whatever. And uh, you ask where they got them, and he says, well, I got them from someone in Sigil. Do you know about Sigil?
0: Sigil is kind of the nexus of... Uh, The City of Sigil is the nexus of all the planes in the Forgotten Realms, basically. Or in a bunch of different
1: settings, because, like, everywhere attaches to it. And that's That's where Planescape takes place.
0: That's true. Yeah, so the City of Sigil is, like, you can get to any place you want Mm -hmm. from that place. Like, the City of Doors? Is that a real thing? I
1: can't remember. I don't know. That might be from something else. Anyway, so I thought that was a really interesting thing, that he, like, that Sigil is a real place in in the kind of and averse whatever mm-hmm. that is um and we'll see some more of this kind of sigil stuff in baldur's gate 2 at one at some point uh, that i'm very excited about so yeah uh, he gives it you can say hey just give me these glasses that make you see all this weird stuff and he says a hey, okie dokie and he gives them to you and i put them on and there i could see like a thing running around like a like a big blobule hmm like, like an npc blobule And I clicked on it, and it was like, you can summon this thing into the world to talk about it, Mm -hmm. or talk to it. And I clicked on the glasses, and I summoned it, and it was a fire elemental, and it was like, what the shit are you doing, bro? The fire elemental said that? Yes, it was super pissed off, and then it killed me. (laughs) I thought this would be like a fun time thing, but it was not a fun time thing.
0: Was your whole party running around? I only had three people
1: at that time. Uh Oh. but, yeah, I mean, it's a fire elemental it just hit me like two times and I
0: died. Well, yeah, because you're a ticklevar
1: dude. I was right up close to it too, because I was talking to
0: it. Mm.
1: so yeah, that's, that's just not
0: ticklevar's ideal distance between mm-hmm. him and anything that means him ill. But I do have them on,
1: so hopefully like later in the game we're gonna see lots of other weird stuff.
0: interesting, okay. Yeah, I can't take off my cool helm that, like, makes it impossible for me to fail morale saves. Mm. Mmm.
1: I got it in. helmet.
0: I think I got it in Durlag's tower. So, So what else? So, what else occurred? There's another side quest. I think one of the more disappointing ones compared to some of the ones you got to experience. um, A side quest where you can go to that magic shop that's a big, colorful dome. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, there's the fellow there who is... uh, Who's just swamped? It's a gargantuan line of people because you've got, I, th- I like my reading of it was all of these refugees are coming in. You probably have a lot of like, a lot of privileged people, a lot of like relatively wealthier people in Baldur's Gate. There's like, well, we need, we're getting out of here. We're going to like our estate down south, closer to Um, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you got a huge line, and you try to talk to him. He's like, look, I'm, I'm so busy. And he recognizes you as the hero of Baldur, Baldur's Gate, which is fun. Like, because when you talk to anybody um, that you met in the previous game, like the at least the recruitable folks, they'll say, "Oh my gosh!" And you have the chance to like acknowledge that you met them in the last game, or mm-hmm. not. In which case, they recognize you, but only because they know you as the hero of Baldur's Gate. Um, and he says, "Oh, could you go up upstairs and grab a grab some like potion bottles for me? I'd appreciate it." And when you go up there a team of like four rapscallions teleport in like a sorcerer, a knoll, like a hobgoblin, and some other dude. Oh, this is
1: awesome. So it's like a uh, monstrous adventuring party.
0: Yeah. It's a little monstrous adventuring party. And they think that I'm robbing the place too. And they say they've been like scanning it. And I say, you guys need to get out of here. You're not going to rob this place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they attack me and I just murder them. I murder them so hard. Dang. And, and I go back downstairs and this is the payoff. Maybe there was something else I missed. But I give it back to him. He's like, "Oh, thanks. I'll sell you stuff now because that was the quest you had to do in order to get me to sell you stuff." And uh, and I say, "Hey, there. You had like a people. Some people break in." He's like, "Oh, it must have been that other wizard. We're not on good terms." Well, now you don't even have to worry about it anymore. There you go. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So weird. I uh, I had enough like gems and unusable scrolls that I could sell and then buy. All of his potions of speed, because that is the new currency in the grimdark Jill Stein future. Dang. It's only, only, only potions of speed. Fantasy meth is the only <laughs> currency. <laughs> yeah, that's all that matters. All the gold in the world won't win you a fight. You know what, Will? Oil of speed. Mm-hmm. When you fights. Um, and I uh, uh, think I just got a lot of stuff identified that I needed to identify. Um so that was good, I guess. But yeah, that was kind of like my last stop. After I got that, I looked at a, f- I looked around and I realized, oh well, most of this chapter is supposed to be getting the gang together, and that's just not what I did.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I got the gang together insofar as I got Minsk and and uh, Danya here and Boo, of course. Mm-hmm. I tried to get T. Ax, who like believes he is a god, and I it would not let me recruit T. Ax. So that's a bummer. Uh, and so yeah, then I just kind of ended it. I was like, well, I'm sure they'll give me the ability to get other characters later. So I yeah. just kind of
0: yeah. Through so it. when you when you're ready to go, Emolyn is recovered. You, you like you trigger the next stage of this game by going upstairs. Emolyn's okay, and uh, and basically uh, you tell her she stays behind. Like you can't recruit her. She's not recruitable. I don't believe. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, she just says no. Mhm. And but before you're really able to talk to her there is a hooded figure just talking to her. And this this person's uh, fully voice acted and has a little icon. Like the only people in this game that have icons are recruitable characters, right? Well,
1: at least well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, important care, like hyper important characters.
0: I guess, right? Did Saravok even have one though? Uh yeah, I think he did okay well if
1: he to. doesn't now certainly that was implemented in baldur's gate 2 because lots of important characters there have that's have true things
0: that's true but anyway it's a hooded figure that from the dialogue obviously knows about your lineage and your bloodline um which at this point in the game is still relatively a secret like not everybody knows it yeah um uh, in in just a minute we can talk about that but yeah yeah totally um and uh Kind of hints at that, and I got very annoyed with him, and he walked off. Well, was yes. any any difference there?
1: Yeah, basically the same. I was
0: like, "Hey, hey, bro, who
1: are you?" And he was like, "I'm your friend." And I was like, "Are you you sure? You sure you're my friend?" He was like, "I'm definitely your friend. You have the child, the blood of Ball in you." How
0: how is it that you were able to defeat when so many others failed
1: failed. failed. Yeah, yeah, so he was whatever.
0: It was some mysterious shit. Some mysterious shit. Yeah, and his, no his like his his figure, his visage was you know shadowed, was mm-hmm. you know obscured by his hood. So he's a hooded figure. So after I did that, um, there's basically nothing else that happens
1: there. And so I just told Corwin, who's like still running around with you, this like a mm-hmm. flaming fist person. I was like, hey, we're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And she said, all right, we're gonna get our contingent together. We're gonna march north to Dragon Castle where the crusade is hence mm-hmm. siege of dragon spear mm-hmm. uh-huh. mm-hmm. and uh and so i was like hey i'm ready to go and she said great we're gonna go and then there was kind of like this like getting ready to go zone i don't it's like right beside a gate and so i could like talk to a guy and buy some stuff and i like traded some things around with him um there's an ammo belt now which is yeah. a, like a thing for arrows that's really cool um, so I bought a, an, uh, arrow belt or an ammo belt and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, uh, Viconia was there, mm-hmm. like, to be recruited, and I said, Viconia, come on, you're in my party now, and it made the, she was with her own party that had, like, a mage and a dwarf warrior in it, and he was, what? like, super pissed off. That you stole their cleric? Yeah, he was, like, mega mad, and she was, like, no one owns me, dwarf. Whoa, and I, like, that's cool. Yeah, and we, and we took a reputation hit, and I don't give a damn. Yeah, um... And
0: oh, and then Duke Elton has a daughter named Ski. And she we were like, like we were introduced to her a little earlier. We kinda neglected to mention her, but she's got a she's got a real high pitched voice.
1: She's also she was in the end of when you're in the Ducal Palace yeah. in Baldur, in the first Baldur's Gate, you can meet her, like sneaking around. Okay. Um And so, yeah, she's like, I'm going to go join the Flaming Fist and fight in the thing. And so Duke Elton, I talked to him, and he was like, yeah, please
0: uh, don't let my daughter get killed. (laughs) That'd be very great. But anyway, when we're in our bed for the last night, she comes, and she's like, hey, guess what? Guess what? I joined the Flaming Fist. Don't tell my dad.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, good night. It's super... Yeah, it's super strange. Also, she <laughs> says the word "daddy" a million times, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make a super cut of it. Okay, great.
0: Um, at the end of this game, just like <laughs> no, it's gonna be its own video. Okay, no, <laughs> but at the end of the like, you'll get enough footage that you'll have oh. every time she says "daddy."
1: I hope it's not that many more times. <laughs> like they really, they really shoehorned it in there. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So then we just left, or I just left after that. And Mm -hmm. there's, like, a parade. and like There's a big parade. I'm legit impressed that they were able to, like, to animate a parade in the isometric (laughs) uh, engine of Baldur's Gate. Yeah, but they they got there. And it looks like a parade. It's pretty good looking. You meet Corwin's daughter. Oh, yeah. That's true. Corwin has a daughter. In order to humanize this new character that we've never met before, Mm -hmm. who's, like, kind of icy and cold. You know, she's, like, a warrior, like, a strong, like, emotionalist warrior. But she has a daughter.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you've got a Corwin. lot of dialogue options where you can be very disgusted at the idea of a of a little child, like yeah. a young human.
1: You can be, like, really rude to a child for no
0: reason. Yeah. But yeah, Corwin, I'm calling it right now, Corwin will definitely die in this game. Mm-hmm. Based on, based on the fact that they humanized her like that, she's probably going to die in, like, in a scene where she sacrifices herself for the greater good or, to like, to allow the protagonist to escape, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just, that's just my bet here. That might not be true, but we'll we'll see. So yeah, we're marching out of Baldur's Gate in this parade, and some some fucking fourth estate journalist asshole on the sidelines <laughs> <laughs> shouts to everybody, "Hey, guess what I know? I've read the the documents. I've read the diary. Mm-hmm. Balthazar is ball Balthazar is Saravox half brother, what say you?
1: Did you know uh you know who uh gave them that information?
0: Who was that? Gady Lynx <laughs> You get it, Gady Leaks? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Some jerk that's like in an Omnian embassy somewhere. Oh
1: <laughs> no, he's in the he's in Thay. He's in Thay. The he's red wizards <laughs> got him.
0: But he <laughs> Yeah, it's a real it's a real uh it's a real problem. Yeah, um, he's just, yeah. He's so, just taking documents and just throwing them out there, just making like ten or fifteen copies of every one of them. So when you're when you uh, are given this, when you're confronted this way, Cor, uh, Corwin tells you, like you have a few options, and like I chose, no, I'm gonna, I'm going to address this. And Corwin says this is probably a bad idea. That's all she says. Yeah. And then you get three options. The first is like a very much. Hey everybody! We need to unite together. We need to bring justice to these crusaders. We've got to right the world. Like it's It's very
1: much William Wallace shit. It's
0: some real William Wallace stuff. There's like another option that's just uh, where no. There's another option. We're like, no, you're right. This is a bad idea. I'm not going to yell at this crowd, right? Yeah, that's the one I chose. And the other one is you just tell the truth. Yeah, I'm the son of I'm the son of Ball. But you know what? You need the son of ball because the son of ball, the son of a god, is the only thing that's going to stop that jerk. And you need to like get with the program or get out of my way. Yeah, and it I like, sh- and I shouted that. It it uh it
1: begins with the blood of ball courses through my veins. <laughs> yes, it's, it's like some
0: pretty like heavy metal album cover shit. Yeah, what did they say? They booed me. They started booing me, but I yelled (laughs) that. And Corwin said, "I can't believe you just fucking did that." And then I said, "Well, look, you just can't. We can't continue to lie to these people because if there's one thing that Balthazar, irrespective of like kind of the the things he's gone through in this game, Mm -hmm. Balthazar does not lie to anyone.
1: Balthazar believes in the transparency of the executive branch, (laughs) where the executive branch is the Dukes of Baldur's Gate." Plus, extra ju- judicial, uh, uh, single person party, Balthazar.
0: But yeah, so I shouted I'm the ball spawn. The blood of ball courses through my veins. People booed at me, mm-hmm. and that was the end of the chapter.
1: That's rad. <laughs> yep, yeah. and that's where I that's where I stopped as well.
0: So we have a few notes here, kind of talking at the tail end of the episode about kind of larger, kind of the larger stuff going on in this chapter because I remember when Mm -hmm. I got the text from you uh we were about to record and and you just texted me after you finished the chapter and your text was what a what a weird game
1: Mm -hmm. and I think we've gotten at some of that weirdness it just it just kind of feels uh truncated and smaller than Baldur's Gate does Mm -hmm. normally like it 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 feels like a much more kind of linear story-based experiences instead of like an open-worldy kind of experience yeah um, and I think there's good things about that in some ways. Like this felt very cool and there are big set pieces here. Yeah. Which there are just no set pieces in Baldur's Gate one, so that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um and by set piece I mean like this is a scene that's designed to do one thing, so like a parade. There's no way to have a parade in the original Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Um, and this like chain of interactions. So that's cool. I'm also afraid that the rest of the game's just gonna be a bunch of set pieces. Mm-hmm.
0: And that doesn't really feel like Baldur's Gate to me. Yeah, I mean that is that is the issue, right? And I felt like the first, the first I got the sense of that is when I got to Baldur's Gate, and I was like, okay, Baldur's Gate is not the Baldur's Gate I remember. It is the tenth, a tenth of the square footage, and like it's going to be jam packed with content, right? Yeah. And everything is like furthering the story, and the even the side quests are just like very. They're just tight, and it's a curated experience that you're having. Yeah, and it's no. And gone are the days of I don't know what I'm doing in Baldur's Gate. I'm fucking wandering around lost in in the in the dock quarter, and I don't know where where I'm going. You know, yeah. Yeah, there's something
1: I I, I think I'm worried that the rest of Siege of Dragonspear, and this is like my I guess my key concern, will be isometric uh, Mass Effect. If that makes sense, rather mm-hmm. than Baldur's Gate with additional kinds of
0: content in it. But here's the, like a larger question, and maybe we'll be better equipped to answer this at the end of of this season. Well, I hope we are. Can you make Baldur's Gate in 2015? You know, mm-hmm. like can you get away with that kind of clunkiness? Because with the with what you're talking about, that absence of curation, that more open world, that dirdly bumbling around feeling that you I don't I just don't think you can get away with it you know Mm -hmm. yeah I don't
1: know it certainly is less
0: appealing Mm -hmm.
1: than like Mass Effect style set PC kind of stuff which I'm not saying uh, I'm not like making that comparison to criticize it Mm -hmm. I think Mass Effect is a great series of games I enjoy playing them but they are different and, yeah. and I get why you would do Siege of Sphere that way. I mean, after all, Mass Effect is what the original Baldur's Gate developers ended up doing, right? Yeah. So that makes sense to me. Um, but I, I think that, like, the genre almost doesn't... Like, the genre of game, like we were talking about at the beginning, might not translate super well
0: to or isometric. It, or it may just be this particular cast of characters, this place is so... Um, strongly associated in our minds through nostalgia with a certain type of pace of game a certain type of gameplay that we are just rejecting this out of pure nostalgia and we just Mm -hmm. need to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves or we'll just wreck ourselves (laughs) or or it just ends in a wreck irrespective but yeah Mm -hmm. no i think that we're we kind of like hit all the hit all the, the 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 notes there in terms of like weirdness you've, you do have like the a, a much more streamlined experience and you've also got um some real differences when it comes to uh like moral ambiguity and uh maybe like way few uh, like it's much it seems like it's much harder to be like a very righteous paladin like character but i don't know yeah i wonder i i wonder if
1: hmm.
0: yeah because I mean, ni- neither of us are playing that. Ticklevar is just a, is just like a blind supporter of the state, and Balthazar is a Nietzschean Ubermensch type character. Yeah, yeah, kind of frightening. Hmm. Well, we're gonna find out. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so yeah, so next episode we will be playing through the next chapter, mm-hmm. however much content that is. We we don't really know. This was this was a a good amount of content. I think this took me about like an hour and fifteen minutes or so. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was a good time um so yeah like i said at the top of the episode if you like this please hit like and subscribe leave a comment we love talking to people um we get really good comments on this show and i'm, I'm really happy about that i'm really i uh, i'm really appreciative of the people that listen to these episodes and engage with us so uh so thanks for that and uh so yeah the next
0: episode will be out in two weeks we'll catch you then do you have anything else you want to say more hey resonators. just uh keep on keeping on people stay strong
1: Alright, well, put on your spectacles of speculation or whatever. Mm hmm. <laughs> you, you hippie. Mm hmm. Alright, well, this was Mages and Murder Dads. Au revoir. Daddy, 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 daddy. So. Said the wise of London.